Hey, Zero Block 30 listeners, you can find us every Tuesday and Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Pride members can also listen ad-free on Amazon Music. All right, welcome back to a Zero Block 30 episode. Mm-mm, that's not how we're starting. Ha! Well, welcome back to another edition of Zero Block 30. We are back from a long break, and it feels good to be back in the saddle again. I'm Uncle Chap. Soon I'll be joined by Kate Filet-Mignon. We have Captain Cons. We have Radio Bren, and we also have my dickhead neighbor named Harold, who is edging his yard. You might be able to hear him in the background the entire episode because he is rude. Harold had all damn weekend, four fucking days, to mow and edge his lawn. He knows that I record on Monday, but you can hear him in the background, and he is pissing me off. Believe me, I'm going to give him the what for when we're done. Today, we are going to have five rounds in the magazine. No, as you were, we're going to have four rounds in the magazine Round number one, it's a welcome back after a long July 4th break. We hope you were safe like a certain motivated hard charger who secured his mama's house on the 4th of July. Clear! Round number two, the Pentagon's Close Combat Lethality Task Force, which is a ridiculous name, by the way, suggests making some startling changes to the infantry. Like what? Well, the first one is you can't join the infantry until you're 26 years old. Round number three, Admiral Bill Moran, not moron, as many people are saying, is out as the Navy's next chief naval officer after it's been revealed that he kept a relationship with the guy who was known as Bad Santa. We're going to get into that story a little bit. And finally, round four, warfighter and hero Lou Dobbs pulls down his red, white, and blue boxers and shits down the throat of every single general since 1991, drag them king. All that is going to be brought to you by our good friends at MyCBD. Nope, as you were. All of that is going to be brought to you by our friends at CBDMD. CBMD is a leader in the CBD oil industry, and it offers a wide variety of premium CBD products, from titchkers to gummies to topicals. They have it all. Their products are U.S. organically grown. They utilize a hybrid broad-spectrum process and are THC-free. They do all the stuff that the other CBD does, but it actually tastes good. A lot of the places that you can get CBD stuff, it tastes like shit. This doesn't taste like shit. And to the lady listeners out there, it helps you with your PMS. PMS can be downright painful and shitty. P- PMS is nature's way of letting us know that our bodies are nutritionally imbalanced, right, Kate? Indeed. <laughs> Many women are turning to CBD as an all-natural alternative that works with the body's ESCs to help create a desired balance of hormones, which make, make PMS a little bit more tolerable. And this is Tuesday episode, so it fits. Happy period Tuesday to everybody. Right, Kate? Indeed it is. <laughs> Go to cbdmd.com and enter the promo code ZBT for 25% off your first order. We heard right. your stomach rumbling earlier. Yeah, made some changes on the old microphone. Let's see how it works out. How was everybody's fourth? We'll start with you, Cons. Did you have a good weekend? Yeah, it was great. I, I played a, a lot of golf, which is uh, very enjoyable as always. And then I was down the shore. And although the weather did not really cooperate all weekend, actually, for the most part down there. It was still a good time as always. Catherine? I was in a small town in Wimberley, Texas, population like 2000, and just had a house in the hills with a bunch of friends came out. And yeah, I went hiking in the woods by myself. Mistake. It's really hot out there, it turns mm-hmm. out. I was like hung over with no water and like a purse on and Converse sneakers. And I was like, oh, my, my drill instructors would be pissed at me if they saw I was out here with no water and no map. But I came out in a cemetery. I found my way out to the town. It ended up working out just fine. So a typical, typical Kate adventure for me. But it was a ton of fun. Um, and nobody blew their fingers off the fireworks. So it was oh, exciting. that's wonderful. Great news. Yeah. Oh, so what good. about you? Any fireworks with you? 
Uh, yeah, there was. My one buddy on the 4th of July lit something off maybe six feet from me, and I wasn't too thrilled that he did that. But nevertheless, yeah. he ignores anything I ever have to say. So what are you going to do? Sounds like a good dude. Yeah. Brent, <laughs> how was your, how's your brick? Pretty solid. Uh, on July 4th, my buddy in New York had a rooftop party, so it was in a nice spot for the fireworks that night. It was a great night. Yeah, my my break was pretty good too. I uh, I like cons played a shit ton of golf. I think I played five times that week. Wow, pretty unbelievable. And I got to play. I love getting the early tee times. I think I've mentioned it before that now that I'm a member at this place, I call a couple weeks in advance. I'm just like, hey, hook me up with the seven thirty tee time. Well, seven thirty is usually the old bubbas like that have their mm-hmm. shit going. This group has been members at the same course for like 20 years. Like there's some of the most longstanding members there and they just love it when I come out. I don't boom the golf ball, but I hit it like 275, 280. And whenever that happens with an old guy, they're just like, holy oh. shit. Because they're used to ball going like 175 or something like that. And so that, it made my dingling feel nice. Mm. <laughs> they were giving me lots of credit. So that was fun. I had a good time playing golf. We didn't do a whole lot other than that. We just kind of hung out. Wifey had to work, so I would go golfing during the day, come home. And let me tell you, Kate, you're right about the Texas heat. Because when I would come back after finishing up the round at like 11, 30, 12, my pants were absolutely soaked. I mean, it oh, yeah. was like I had jumped into the river and walked back into the house. My wife was so grossed out that she was like, I don't even want to touch your dirty ass laundry. Put your boxer shorts somewhere else. Yeah, every part of you just gets absolutely we went to this little fourth of july parade in town it was like tiny little americana like whatever and the whole back of my dress was just like i wore a dark color it was like just a huge dark spot on the bus like oh this is cute this is really sweet also chaps went to that blue hole where Ooh. that like natural spring that's always 68 degrees yeah. and you have to get tickets for it now because people are so hot down there that like They'll just overcrowd the place. It's crazy. Yeah, I love springs for that reason. Like swimming in cold water is just so refreshing when it's that hot. Like going people's pools. If you there's people that I am friends with here that have heated pools that turn the heat up in the summertime, yeah. like ninety degrees. Like why do you? What are you doing? What's the point of that? My parents have a heater in their pool, but they don't use it. They don't turn it on because they say, "What the hell's the point of a pool if it's not going to be refreshing when you jump in?" Right. Yeah. Like I could see if you wanted to use the pool in like March or something like that to have the heater on and bring it up a little bit. But other than that, fuck that. All right. Let's actually get into some of the topics of the day. The first one, I saw this while cruising the old Twitters and it just, it's just so perfect. Such a young boot love. It's this post and I'll describe the picture to you. So it's very clearly in like a suburban home. You have families that are sitting up on the wall like the portraits of family sitting on the wall everything is decorated and normal but this guy he is wearing a black t-shirt which i can only assume is a grunt style t-shirt and he has his nine millimeter pointed directly into a bedroom the post says love having an air force defender in the house just got back from watching fireworks and our garage door was wide open i remember punching in the code to close it so we weren't sure what happened but my defender capital d went and got his gun and swept the house room by room. He even yelled clear a couple times. <laughs> We're all safe and sound, but I had to get a picture of him really quick while he was clearing, clearing his little sister's bedroom. And let me just be honest, there but for the grace of God go I. Because if I would have came home when I was a young devil puppy and I had a pistol sitting on my mama's bed and something came home, you definitely want to act like you're 
King Ding military. Like, oh yeah, you really? Like, don't worry, that. I got this. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, did you used to do that when you got home from boot camp? Did you like let me let me choke you out so I could show you how to choke you out? Uh, I remember like standing in my driveway the second I got out of my car because all my friends were there and being like, "You got to see this hip flip." Like, you got to see this shit. But no, I don't think I would ever. <laughs> house clearing thing is a little ridiculous. It, the, I, what I love, it's like a mom on the sideline at a soccer game taking a picture of her kid with the ball. You're doing house, amazing, sweetie. It, that's what this is. It's like the mom cheering on the sidelines. She's in the house while he's clearing it. And she's like, yay, taking a picture of him clearing his little sister's room. Like a hardo. You, you could tell it, everybody was really nervous because mom grabbed her Polaroid. That's what I was, all right, so that's what, that, was the, that was the point I wanted to make. You couldn't have been that frightened if you thought to, hold on, let me get a picture of this while Jimmy's clearing the house. And he's clearing the house with all the lights on. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you right. doing? So then the other thing I want to know, since when did we call the Air Force people defenders? With oh, I love it. I'm leaning into that hard. <laughs> I love it. The Air Force defender. I love it. With a capital D, no less. Um, I also just, the his, he's like wearing his cargo shorts and he's got like the haircut and I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm a big fan of this. I will also say he's not pieing the door. Yeah. I don't see any clear sign of pieing here, which is key. Well, maybe he's just at the entry level of room clearing and he's just doing like the non-even basics. Maybe he's so advanced that he's doing something we don't even know about. Yeah, by I, the way, did we see anybody online critiquing his form or anything? No, of course we did. Like as soon as we posted that on ZBT, there was immediately like 350 critiques. Like what is this hard charger doing? Tagging people of who it is. One of the things that I used to love, and I hadn't thought about this since I actually saw this post and I was thinking about talking about it. When I left MCT, when I left combat training for the, for the Marine Corps, it's like a bullshit little three-week course where you don't actually learn anything. I think it's the biggest waste of time that the Marine Corps actually does. But they, my combat instructor taught us this maneuver. Kate, did you learn this one? Where if there's a skinny tree, you can place somebody's ankles around the tree in a way where you can basically handcuff them without handcuffs, where they can't get up unassisted. Did you ever learn that move? What? No. Yeah. So you put your you put somebody's feet around a skinny tree where almost like sitting crisscross applesauce, because we don't say Indian style anymore. So they're doing crisscross applesauce around the tree. And if you put their ankles a certain way, they cannot get up. Like you could try to pull yourself up, you just cannot get up unassisted. And I would my buddy Josh, I was like, let me show you this move that I learned by, um, from my combat instructor. And I kept picking trees that were too fat. So obviously this isn't a good move because you have to have the perfect size tree to make right. it work. So then we finally found one and he was like, whoa, it actually worked after like 45 minutes. And I just felt so relieved because I was going to feel like such a boot, <laughs> like trying to show him this move. Wait, so this yeah. actually works? Yeah, it definitely works. This. It works for sure. Once we go, we'll go to a deciduous forest. Shout out to me and my fourth grade teacher for reminding me what deciduous forests were. We'll go to a deciduous forest, which by the way, for those listening at home, so you don't have to Google, that's trees that you lose their leaves on a yearly basis. Mm. We will go out to the forest and I will show you this move if I can remember it from 15 years ago or so. It was a great move. All right. I'll take well, your word for it. Back to this one. You said this, this post of this kid clearing his family's house on home on boot leave got so many comments and clearly the first one that is at the top by Brock 765. Jesus Christ. It's Jason Bourne. <laughs> yeah. That was a good one. I thought another good one was uh, 
the red menace eleven ninety nine said, "Here's noise, shoots family cat." <laughs> like, what a great way to take out. Then somebody else said he's probably checking everyone's cat cards before they enter the house. Um, oh, another so. one that made me really laugh. I forget who it was, but he just said, "Halt, who goes there?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are all like all the comments on it. If you're doing it, if you're if you're looking for something to do, go scroll the comments on that one because they are classic. And this is the perfect example of young military life because I think everyone kind of does this shit. If you're given the opportunity. It's like what K. Marco, our editor-in-chief, says. Like, everybody wants the opportunity to get a hero. I can't tell you how many times in my head I've gone over, I wish a motherfucker would try to hijack this plane. I'll be a hero in a second. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somebody, there was a time at UTSA when I was going there, and an old fella, like, passed out. And I was like, man, just stop breathing so I can give you CPR. I would love <laughs> oh, God. right here now. Well, that was like the time we were down in Daytona and that, that gentleman, that crackhead was attacking that woman. And I, I just ran right into action. Yeah, you, I need that story to tell. You literally killed a guy. Was, <laughs> yeah, you might want to lay low for a while. We've been meaning to talk to you about that. Yeah, it's been like four months, but you still should not go to Daytona anytime soon. All right, let's move on to round two. Round two comes to us from Matthew Cox at military.com. What would it take to transform the U.S. infantry into a higher caliber force? For starters, find recruits in their mid-20s and offer them $250,000 bonus and a $60,000 a year salary. That's part of a working concept officials from the Pentagon's Close Combat Lethality Task Force. That's a mouthful to take Army and Marine infantry to higher levels of lethality. But it is easier once you abbreviate it to PCCLTF. Like that yeah, makes totally. it. Anyway, the task force is the legacy of former Secretary of Defense Jim Mattis. Avery, uh, we know who he is. I don't need to say who he is. Who set out to place a new priority on a group that bears out the heaviest burdens of warfare, the grunts. While the plan is still in its infancy... The task force is considering recommending that infantrymen should not be recruited until age 26 so they have more life experience. Part of the criteria for infantry would be propensity to do well in infantry-specific skills as evaluated on a special test. Then you say, if you get through that, we are suggesting to you we are going to pay you $60,000 a year, and when you complete training, we are going to give you a $250,000 bonus. So just for some perspective, currently E4s and E5s make between 26000 and 36000 a year, depending on how much experience they have. What do you guys think about this? You know, I think there's one last line that I think bears mentioning in this, that the recruits would be brought in the grade of E4 or E5. So they have to be, they okay. would automatically be corporals and sergeants, or they would have to have gained those ranks. And in order to get those bonuses, they would have to, to retire at 13 years. They would have to spend nine of 13 years in Afghanistan or Iraq. Mm. Wait, what? So in order to get some of these early retirements, like because I think part of the concern, if you can't be an infantry guy right. or lady until you're 26, is that once you get to 20 years of service after that, you're going to be 46 years old. 46 years old for the military. It's old, especially for the grunt side of the th right. things. Like you're pretty old. Like your your body's going to be breaking down. So they're going to move it to 13 years, where you could retire still at the age of 39 after just 13 years of experience. But in order to hit that 13 year mark, you have to do nine of your 13 years in an actual combat theater. Oh, see, I read that as like you're spending so much time in combat. Like I didn't think that was like an actual requirement. I think they're saying, hey, if you put in the time doing all these deployments over a shorter span, then you're good. 
Maybe, but even so, I, I think it is appropriate to have job scaling because there is a certain responsibility that comes with <clears throat> certain jobs that other jobs don't have. I don't want to shit on admin people or anything like that, but for an admin person that is an E4, an admin, to get paid the same as a grunt for doing a more highly specific and highly trained job is kind of bullshit, really. Well, and the flip side of that is they're going to argue that their job is highly skilled and you have to go through training to understand all the curious webs that our, our S1 shop has to do. Infantry, though, I mean, you're so much toll on your body. It just takes such, even if you yeah. don't deploy, if you're in that job for four or five years, even if you don't deploy ever, it takes such a huge toll on, on your physical strength and all that stuff but also if you are deploying all the time too i mean they, you can't compare putting your putting your life on the line to you know it's still a noble job admin all that stuff like that i'm speaking as a pogue myself but you can't compare it to the infantry pretty much i will say speaking of my little poke heart i did like this because i feel like if they can't join infantry until their e4s or e5s maybe they would have to be another mos first so they would go into it and maybe they wouldn't make fun of us nerds as much once they were in like, that's a good point Kate. yeah so maybe we'd have it a little easier also they'd probably already have their first marriages out of the way so there would be less stress by the time they became infantry you know what else strikes me about this because you see $250,000 i believe is a life changing amount of money like oh, it really hell yes. like it really if you know what you're doing with money $250,000 changes your life but the military pays you this huge bonus, $250,000, and then you have to turn around, and with the current tax policy, you'd have to give back 33% of that right away. I think that's bullshit. I think that if you're in the military, tax-free? I think automatically. It happens whenever you're in a combat zone. Mm-hmm. I think any bonus that is given out by the military should automatically be tax-free. Because otherwise, what's the point? Why give $250,000, and then the guy, the guy or girl only gets 180 of it? No, I, I completely agree with you. I completely agree. Although I, I don't know if I like this overall, just because I think there's so much, although you do deal with a lot of problems with anyone in the infantry 18 to, to 24, I think there are valuable lessons to be learned serving in that, in that real grunt style role that will ultimately make you a better leader once you get to become an NCO. Yeah. I mean, I think you can go both sides. I think that one 18, 19 year olds, have the ability to just be like, here, take this 50 pound ammo can and hike it for miles where yeah. an older person is going to struggle with that. I mean, that's right. just back to the matter. And when you have corporals and sergeants that that's the entry stage, what is it? What does a platoon look like? Is it is an entire 39 person platoon going to be nothing but corporals and sergeants? Who's going to be doing the bitch work? Then you make corporals right. and sergeants back to Lance corporals just by having every, the junior person, being a corporal that automatically makes them essentially a PFC. Mm-hmm. They create a new MOS, which is just servitude to the grunts. You're like, no, please don't send me there. Fuck. Oh no. my God. Get fucked oh. out there. Yeah. No, God damn it. You know what the other yeah. thing I was thinking about too, you know, when you're 18 to 22, 18 to 23, whatever you think, you know, everything, but you keep it to yourself because you know better than to speak up to your NCOs. I feel like if you've got someone at 26, they would, definitely have that experience. So they definitely think they know what they're talking about and they'd be more difficult to deal with as, as leadership. Imagine coming in there. What are they going to do with the boot officers too? Right. Oh yeah. Jesus. You're telling me at so you're coming in 22. As a yeah. Second Lieutenant 22 and your youngest person is 26 and you're automatically in charge and yeah. they already have years of experience under their belt. 
Right. So then are you, do you push back when you can become an infantry officer as well? I, I think you can't just look at this from the enlisted side. So if you push back to 26, then the basic infantry officer would automatically be a captain. Right. Yeah. Which, I mean, this is kind of like within the vein of somewhat of a, a special forces unit, but I, I don't think that is sustainable for the entire infantry as a whole. No, I don't think so either. But they also said that if you had these skilled people and they were doing a lot more training, one of the further tenets of the report is that essentially every grunt unit would be operating like a ranger battalion. Is right. The, is the very sure. Yeah. But then what are the, what are the rangers like after that? <laughs> Just right. kind of, it's, I think it's silly, but whatever. All right, let's move on to round three. All right, guys, a mere 25 days before he was to become the Navy's top officer, Admiral Bill Moran announced he's dipping out. Admiral Moran said he will not become the next chief of naval operations and instead will retire due to an open investigation into emails he exchanged with a retired former staffer who had, while in uniform, been investigated and held accountable over allegations of inappropriate behavior. Multiple senior Pentagon officials confirmed that the former officer is that Chris Cervello, who investigators previously found had behaved inappropriately with female colleagues in 2016 while dressed as Santa Claus at a boozy Pentagon holiday party. The party was filled with tawdry shenanigans and was later tagged by senators as the bad Santa scandal. So if you don't... Hey, do you guys I, hear those jingle bells coming? I do. Do you hear those clip-clopping hooves on the roof? No, I, I, don't, do, I, don't, do anything Christmas, I don't do anything Christmas-related until December. It's Christmas in July right now. It seems like it going on up there at the top level of the Navy. Chaps, why don't you explain what the Bad Santa scandal is? So the Bad Santa, uh, the bad Santa scandal started in 2016. Say it 10 times fast. Bad Santa scandal, bad Santa bad scandal. Bad Santa scandal. Good Lord. On, a, on the day that we just got back, this is ridiculous. So what happened there? You had this big party, obviously, and there was excessive drinking inside the Navy Public Affairs headquarters, and it led to a series of incidents. They had an open bar that was open for six hours starting at 11 a.m. <laughs> open bar at 11 a.m. is just that's a mistake. Aggressive. I mean, that's like mistake city. They immediately started taking shots of fireball, according to a statement. And this guy, Cervello, wore a Santa suit because, quote, I thought it would be fun. Not everybody in the office shared a sense of myrrh, though. Uh, a senior civilian woman in the office told investigators that she wanted to know how we treated her, but did not want the issue per- pursued further. Cervello, who was de- dressed as Santa Claus, slapped her on the butt without her consent, and she did not feel like it was a sexual assault victim, but felt humiliated and disrespected by his actions. Another woman, an officer junior to Cervello, told investigators that he had given her an unwelcome, uncomfortable hugs, and she had to push him away. She also told investigators that two years prior that Cervello had propositioned her at a dinner in which she had thought professional, sought professional advice from him. She rebuffed him at the time. She also told investigators, according to the report, that Cervello had told her at the Christmas party that, quote, he didn't know how to act with her since the last time he was alone with her. He was practically humping her leg. Cervello is married and adultery is a violation of the law. He went on to text several other women at the party, calling them six or seven times, and was eventually relieved of his duties as the, essentially the top PAO in the Navy because of what he did. And now this new coming, or who was supposed to be the new coming CNO, had still had a relationship and was uh, sending emails back and forth with Cervello. These emails just can't be emails that are like, hey, buddy, what's going on type of thing. There had to be things in these emails that are like, I think what happened to you is bullshit. You didn't do anything wrong. 
I think it had to call into question the actions that was behind Cervello's dismissal in order for it to rise to this level to take this the top billet in the Navy away from a guy. Yeah, I think probably also there was just any any inkling of impropriety in these emails. If he didn't report it, he is seen as not fulfilling his duty in this position. So that's probably also what didn't look great for him. And the Secretary of the Navy went so far that he's, he doesn't want him to be the CNO because of, quote, bad judgment. Like to yeah. tell somebody who's 38 years and a vice admiral that they have bad judgment, there must be something pretty extreme in those emails. And I imagine we'll find mm-hmm. out pretty quickly because you have like the Freedom of Information Act. Those emails are not going to be private. Yeah, they'll come out eventually. Yeah, this sucks. And it, I have a couple of friends who are uh, officers who are women, and a couple of them have told me stories where it functions a higher ranking male officer has too much to drink and pulls them down on their lap and thinks it's funny and does these things like the slaps on the butt kind of things. And that it's still such like a fuck these guys like completely and thoroughly. But well, the it's... one that hurt my heart was the woman who went out to seek professional advice was like looking at him as a mentor and that he creeped on her then is so mm. disheartening. It sucks. And there's so many more of these assholes out there. Um, but you know, thank God this, this moron was stupid enough to flaunt it publicly enough that uh, he's getting the boot. But, and also if, if um, Moran, I, I'm assuming the emails were like, I don't know, commiseration or something like, I hear you buddy, tough breaks. It sucks. These women, blah, blah, blah. Like that's in my head how I'm picturing it, which who knows. That's the only thing I could think it'd be. Yeah. I mean, like it, you feel bad for your buddy. And so you're just trying to make him feel better type of situation. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I would imagine it has to be. Yeah. Which is so shitty when you're at that level of leadership, you should be like, sorry, bitch, you're out. And you have to know better. You have to know better. Like, even if you want to give your buddy, like you'll, you'll bounce back from this. You're not a bad guy. Bad things happen, blah, blah, blah. Even if you want to do that, you can't do that from your official fucking email. That's it. I don't know how people still, I don't know how people still in 2019 ever put anything in an email that could be incriminating for themselves. Not to say that that he should be saying things that are bad, but like you said, chaps, maybe he's just trying to comfort his buddy and and look out for him, offer him a little bit of advice to hey, maybe don't be a human piece of shit how about that buddy Try I, that for a you know who i feel bad for that's the only thing he should say to his moron friend you know who i feel bad for the guy who is the cno now because imagine having three weeks left in a position like that that's so high stress and then getting the call be like hey dude we actually need you to stay around for another five or six weeks you're just, oh my like, god you're about to retire get out and have like your life ahead of you and you're like fuck because you know your pack is already gone Three weeks, oh. you've dropped your pack big time. You don't care at yeah. all. But I mean, who who okayed an open bar at eleven a.m.? I mean, I'm not. Listen, I'm not. I'm not going to judge because trust me, I'm at tailgates very early. But that's a different setting. Who okayed it in the Pentagon? Yeah, in the Pentagon. Who okayed this? They said you have to get a special problem. chit for it, like a special booze and heavy chit. I so. think that's a little bit of journalistic. Uh, leeway there i think they're taking that a little bit far you have to get a chip for everything in the military so be like oh they're supposed to get a waiver fuck that nobody gets a waiver to drink that's why reason why we have liquor cabinet music all right let's move on to round four round number four this probably was my favorite story of all july 4th i just love it when people who have no business talking brazen about the military do it especially when they look like Lou Dobbs. I just, (laughs) Lou Dobbs is just such an idiot. He said, 
um, about because some of the generals came out and said that not really said, but they intimated that they were worried about how the looks of the politicization of America during uh, President Trump's July 4th celebration. And they kind of went on the record a little bit about it. And Lou Dobbs responded and said, no wonder these snowflake generals haven't won a war since 1991. What are your guys' initial thoughts on that? Number one, I think Lou Dobbs looks like he's a televangelist. That's just my uh. take on his appearance. <laughs> um, but number two, I, I've seen him and Pat Robinson in the same room. Oh, good point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I take umbrage with that statement. You know, the whole, you know, you haven't won a war. I mean, it just totally belittles everything we've done since 1991, not just the wars that we've been in since 2001, but everything that happened, every conflict that happened in the nineties, I think you're belittling uh, the service of a lot of great men and women. And for him to say that I think is really just him trying to sensationalize everything. And if he truly does believe that, then I do not like Lou Dobbs and I will officially tell Lou Dobbs to kick rocks. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I just, he, I absolutely believe even if you've never served, you can criticize the military. We're not special little angels who are so delicate that you can't, but also, Lou Dobbs looks like a sack of potatoes. He is a total nut. Well, he was the one of the big promoters of the birther theory for Barack Obama that he wasn't born in the U.S. He makes factually incorrect statements all the time, like um, illegal immigrants brought 7,000 new cases of leprosy to the U.S. In the, and it's like, no, Lou, that's like 0% true. And like, he just, he has his TV show. He's a commentator, a conspiracy theorist, a total whack job. And to hear him being like, no wonder these snowflake generals, Lou Dobbs, you are softer than baby shit. Get the well, fuck out of here. Well, like, what? I think that should be a drop, Lou Dobbs, you're softer than baby shit. I, my personal favorite part of this is that whenever you look at, I hear athletes do it a lot, you know, like where if you never, play, if you never played, you can't critique the game. Like you get that a lot. You know what I'm talking about? Connor? Sure. Yes. Yeah. You, you have some quarterback that'll be like, oh, if you never played, you don't know how to read cover two, blah, blah, blah. This is that for me. Like, I feel like I want to be the who, – who does it a lot? Let's see, fucking Steve Smith, the wide receiver. Stephen A. Smith, yeah. No, Steve Smith, the wide receiver. Oh, the wide receiver. So, oh, yeah. like, if you never played, you can't call general snowflakes. And calling generals snowflakes, if you want to say certain members of the military, but all generals, looping them all together? Mm. But I, I just think it's ridiculous to say anyone in the military is a snowflake when our military, one of the tenets of our military is that it doesn't take a political side. And snowflake is very clearly a dig at one side of the aisle. So for him to use that term, I think is off. Well, also to say we haven't won a war since 1991 at the 4th of July thing, being like, well, you're shitting on everybody, pal. It's now part of that too. We like we. Then why do you want us there? Happy Fourth of July. We're all a bunch of fucking losers, man. <laughs> oh, sheesh. Oh, I don't know. Also, Lou Dobbs looks like if a leprechaun fucked a Keebler elf and then got really constipated. I just boom, <laughs> roasted. Wow. All right. What else, Kate? That's about it. <laughs> Let's get this going. I love a Kate roast of Lou Dobbs. Next episode, can we just have Kate roast Lou Dobbs? Give you time to prepare and Lou just Dobbs. Do, and do like two minutes on Lou Dobbs. Save rounds, alibis. I am going to start off today because I want to remind everybody that in about one week, one week and two days, we will be at. Do we have official location now in Fayetteville, North Carolina? It's going to be at Max Speed Shop, where we are going to be hosting Barstool Radio. It'll be me, Kate, Cons, and Bren. We're going to do the full three hours. We're going to have a weigh-in. We're going to have special guests. 
I think Big Cat is going to come. Dad Cat, some people are calling him. Big Cat's going to be out there too. I am looking forward to that. Make sure if you haven't gotten rough and rowdy, get it. Because some of these fights, let me pump one. There was an Air, an Air Force paratrooper. I think he said he was a paratrooper. Air Force Special Forces, so I assume it's a paratrooper. And then there was a, an Army guy. The Air Force Special Forces guy was really boisterous and loud and seemed like the kind of guy who would fight in rough and rowdy. The, Air, the Army Staff Sergeant, however, looked very subdued. Cons, did mm. you see those? Yes, I did. I was surprised at this Bubba once. Maybe he's just been the quiet leader, quiet mm-hmm. consummate guy that just works on helicopters, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to go out there and show people I'm a badass too. So I'm actually really looking to that fight. A quiet dude versus a boisterous guy is always a really good fight. Also, Absolutely. we have veterans versus active duty in this. We have veterans versus veterans. We have local townies who grew up hating the military people in that area. In the, in a, the guy was like, I still respect the truth, but they drove me nuts growing up here because like, the guys are always taking the girls and all that stuff. So it's definitely like a great mix of people who just are beefing and ready to beat ass. And I just like, I can't wait to see it. I love it every year, but that'll be on um, the live show will be Thursday, July 18th. And then the fight will be July 19th by rnr.com. And you can come out if you're in the area, come out to max garage that Thursday for the weigh-ins. We'll be there for quite some time in the afternoon um, and love meeting people when we're out and about. So yeah, I can't wait for that. We will not have an open bar starting at 11. No, we will not. No, no no Santa costumes, nothing like that. I hope Trailer Park comes out and has a a drink with us. That would be wonderful. I'm a big Trailer Park fan, by the way. If you haven't seen our videos, our videos are going to start coming out sometime this week. Kate and I went down to Fayetteville. You're going to love Trailer Park and and his whole family. There's a lot of them. (laughs) Also, I have another saved round. Uh, in the radio room at Barstool HQ, they have been putting up a mural. And at first, it was just like the the heavy hitters. It was Dave and Erica and Big Cat and PFT and Kay Marco, Keith, the editor. Um, and then slowly but surely, they started adding people in. And finally, over the week while we were gone, chaps, you and I got put on there. Mm. And we're on the ground. Low we're at crawl. the very bottom well, of We're the- at kind of like a high crawl. And also, though... They positioned you in front of me, so it looks like I'm about to dive into your ass and go to town. <laughs> I, think that, I think that it's because there is so little room, and the guy was like, clearly I can't put chaps behind Kate because that would look very inappropriate. So now it just looks like you're in the back blast area. Big if you time. look at my yeah. hand, one, if one you look at my hand, done. it's going straight up your ass. That's yeah. And my face looks like it might be too, honestly. Yeah, you're just like slightly, and I'm having a grand old time. I just, I don't know. I'm just squatted in, shoving in there. So thanks to whoever the artiste was on that beautiful piece. He um, knows that brand. He does. He sure he does. Got, especially, Katie, got your dimples in there though, which is nice. That was very nice because I'm, yeah. I'm beaming. I'm beaming with my hand. Uh, all up in there so yeah, and that's- now with that video or with that painting i'm definitely pot committed to being a shaved head guy for sure mm. oh people are saying you look like heisenberg i know i'm getting that a lot it's really upsetting yeah. honestly <laughs> well brave of me to be back there since you've had diarrhea since when easter of 2007 yeah <laughs> good for me yeah i got a couple real quick uh hey lou dobbs i got one thing to say 
we've won two World Cups in the last two World Cups. So you can suck on that saying oh, America wow. doesn't win anything. So shout out to our, our women who, who won the World Cup yesterday. USA. Uh, USA. And then also two, two recommendations on things to watch on television. If you haven't watched Stranger Things yet, I'm not really breaking any news there. But there's some military aspects of this series or this season that was really good and just unbelievable season. And then also interesting look at news media. There's a show on Showtime called The Loudest Voice about Roger Ailes and the come up of Fox News. And I'm sure it'll be slanted one way or another and it's probably exaggerated. But so far, it's an interesting look at news media in our country and how things are portrayed and and why they're portrayed the way that they are. So definitely give that a look. There we go. Bren? Nope, no, uh, no save rounds for me. All right. It's on the retreat.